You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Well, good evening, good morning, good night, wherever you are, bride chillers and groom chillers. Today, we're talking about something, ironically, for a wedding planning podcast, I don't talk about very much, which is a little weird. We're talking about wedding dresses. Today's wonderful guests are Taylor and Danielle from Wedding Shop, The Wedding Shop. Welcome, Taylor and Danielle. Hi, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Now I say the wedding shop because that's that's your that's your gig. Now you have been in business for forty over forty years now. This is your fortieth year, is that right? Yeah, this is our fortieth birthday. <laughs> well, happy birthday! I've got, I've got a lot to talk about. We're talking about dresses. We're talking about finding a dress, how you figure it out, how you work with different body shapes. There's a lot to cover, and I do feel like this is I'm into my like two hundred and. 60 whatever episode and I've really never covered dresses um should I be ashamed I don't know <laughs> no shame in that there's a lot to cover when it comes to weddings. <laughs> oh boy I know it's a family-run business I do believe and I want to say this is not a sponsored thing we just we have connected and uh, I really like the vibe of what you guys do and I thought hey we need to be able to talk about wedding dresses and I don't know if I'm the gal to necessarily lead this because I had two wedding dresses I had a full breakdown before my wedding and totally threw one away (laughs) um yeah that that actually probably happens more more often than than you even would realize that people can get cold feet and yeah you, you like you have the spur of the moment like you know, you think you've got the dress. I'm not sure what your your situation was, but you think you found the one and then you try it on, you know, so far in advance that when your wedding day actually comes along, you're like, wait, what was I thinking? <laughs> that was my situation. I got to sort of three and a half weeks out and I had bought a, a quite a nice, it was beautiful. I really loved it, but a, a, a sleeveless, ball gowny dress and I just tried it on. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just trying to, and I had this sort of like crisis of going, I don't think I'm this girl. I just, you know, I, I it had pockets. I did love the pockets. I probably fell more in love with the pockets and the dress. Um, yeah, you know, I think that so many brides, they'll come in and they'll wonder, um, you know, they'll come in with this idea of what they, what they think they're going to want. They look at Pinterest and thousands and thousands of pictures of wedding dresses in magazines and online and you know they'll have this idea of who they what they should look like in a wedding dress and then you get there and you try on the dress that you've been thinking about for weeks or months or even years in some cases and then you know suddenly on your body type it's not it's not actually the right dress because it's just not fitting you right and you don't feel great in it you don't feel like yourself or you don't feel pretty and then, you know, brides have to go through this experience of like this total paradigm shift. Like I pictured myself walking down the aisle in a ball gown and then, um, you know, I ended up feeling great in a fit and flare. How did that even happen? And it's weird because wedding dresses aren't like, really, have I ever put on a form, a, you know, a formal dress like that and gone, this feels normal. And, <laughs> you know, for, it's just... <laughs> We, I, I wear Converse and jeans most days, and I look after my appearance, but I'm not getting around in a big hoopy skirt. So when you're right, when you do try it on, you're like, well, I don't know if this feels good. I feel weird. And you're right, the expectations that you look at all these photos and think this is how I should look versus 
the reality, it's quite different. Yeah, Taylor and I both started in the store as bridal consultants, and we definitely saw a ton of that with our brides, just that almost moment of panic when that ideal that they've had in their mind for years doesn't end up working for them. So it's pretty common. It's nothing that brides should be ashamed of or worried about necessarily, because there's always going to be a dress that they'll find that they will end up loving. Yeah, and I, I myself am I'm somewhat of a tomboy. I play a lot of sports and I didn't want a really flashy wedding ring. And so when it came to trying on dresses, um, I just kind of, you know, I had a hard time picturing myself in a dress that was this extravagant. And I had a backyard wedding and I'm like, how does a big fancy wedding dress fit in with that? You know, and some people, they go real casual and they won't even, you know, do a formal wedding dress. But I, you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, what, what I find is whatever you feel confident in and, you know, really comfortable in, that's what you should get married in. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me how much it suits your venue um, or, you know, your circumstance. You're the bride, so you get to be, you get to dress as big or as small as you want, you know? I do love this concept. I, I love that you said you're a bit of a tomboy because I feel, I feel, I connect with that as well. And I feel that there is sometimes women we sort of put this pressure on ourselves that we should be looking a certain way and I really hope what I do and I've got a lot of colleagues in the wedding industry and I know you're in, in feeling saying the same sort of thing is that we we need to ditch all that sort of stress and bullshit and actually go this is the this is the one not hopefully not one day there's lots of days like this but this is mm-hmm. especially the one day where you can go fuck it I want to wear this and I will wear this and I will feel fabulous you don't have to conform with shape definitely and I think you know that's where so when I was a bridal consultant you know sometimes part of the job is is managing the people that you bring because Mm. you're not only dealing with your own history of expectations for what your wedding day is but you're also sometimes having to manage the expectation of several loved ones that are there that are kind of trying to make um, make their own dreams for your wedding come true at the same time. And that's just not, <laughs> that's not the priority. <laughs> the yes, priority exactly. is the prize. Okay. Well, that's a really good point. And I love that you've both had on floor experience, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure we're going to get into because I've got lots of questions about that. But <laughs> let's talk about bringing along loved ones, mother-in-laws, fucking Auntie Carol and all the rest of the people. It's some people, like I couldn't think of anything worse than making people watch me try clothes on. I just feel like that's some form of torture. I know that's not the case for most people. I may be a unique individual in that situation. But it, it is a strange thing. But then also I get lots of emails and voice messages from people going, I don't want this person to come because I know they're negative Nellies or I don't want to hear their opinion, yet they still take them to these events. What is your advice? Having obviously been through hundreds of these scenarios, how do you stop that? What do you, what, what should I tell my people? So, okay. My best friend actually had a really good game plan. And I mean, I know she kind of had a little bit of a a foot in the door with me me working at a a wedding shop, but, um, what she did was she texted me and and we're best friends. She was my maid of honor. And, um, she said, okay, look, I'm going to go 
wedding dress shopping, but I want to go with you alone first because she knew that I would prioritize what she wants. And, um, and that was really nice. And then for her second trip, she then brought the whole family in where she kind of had narrowed it down. And we have had brides do that from time to time where, you know, when they know they've got like a big, a big audience, a big family that all wants to participate and be involved, they'll come do a, a smaller, um, with just the, just the right people, a small, like one to two is probably all you need. Um, the people that are going to hear you and help you like figure out who you are in the dress. And then, you know, they'll say, okay, now I'll book my second appointment, but you know, don't bring my favorites in, but don't tell them that I've been here before. So it's kind of like this sneaky first appointment. And then you come in with, with the whole crew and then, you know, your consultant should be helping with that. You can say, look, I've got an opinionated, um, I've got an opinionated group. Can you just, you know, help, navigate back to what what my thoughts are you know they should they should be doing that naturally too yeah i definitely found that as bridal consultants we almost doubled as like family therapists sometimes <laughs> yeah um, whether that was yeah, talking the bride into like it's going to be okay just make sure that you are keeping your own opinions in mind first i think the number of people that you bring to an appointment really just depends on your personality and I think you would know you really would know in your heart of hearts if you're that bride that wants to bring 13 friends and family members or if you just want to come with mom or some mother figure yeah and and a lot of bridal salons actually recommend that you keep it to I think it's four or less mm-hmm. you know so you can always blame the salon and say you know I'd love to I'd love to have you all but um but you know this the salon just recommends it I don't that I only bring a small group, you know. Or just no jerks. They've got a they've got a no jerk <laughs> policy, so you got to stay at home. No jerk policy. <laughs> I want to see that when I come and visit. I want to see that on the wedding shop wall. I want to see this going. Yeah, we've got a no jerk or no uh, negative Nelly policy. So back off. Yeah, we'll just get like a like a dunce cap for the negative Nelly, but yeah. it'll be a negative Nelly cap and it'll be like, oh, here's the negative Nelly in the group. You get to wear the hat. And a gag going, listen, you have anything nice to say? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Tell me, uh, um, you were saying before, I love that you said that you sometimes feel like you have to be counsellors and you are there to talk people through their deep emotional uh, issues that sometimes really it's ugly heads when we were wedding planned I mean that's really the whole gist of my whole career here um so what have you had moments where you've had to take people out and go listen I need you to adjust your attitude or how does it work there are times where just the bride is just frustrated with either the opinions of her family members or she regrets bringing certain people or the number of people that she did And you really just have to act as that kind of crying shoulder. I mean, I don't think I ever got to a point where a bride was actually crying, but um, it does it does happen though. I have, I've seen it. (laughs) Yeah, you can sense their frustration a hundred percent. And I like I have had to mention. I feel like it's always the aunt is what I had issues with. Yeah, it was for me. (laughs) It was always an aunt, and I would just have to kind of quiet her down or whenever she mentioned something that she didn't like a dress I'd have to intervene and be like oh but 
bride's name, like, but you loved like the strapless neckline on this dress, didn't you? And so then she could kind of focus on more of the positives versus the negative. Yeah, and, and also the consultant typically is helping the bride in and out of her dress. And so when you do that, you kind of have time with the bride to yourself. And that's where, you know, I would make it a point when I'm in the fitting room, I'd give the bride a second once she tried the dress on, she's looking at herself in the mirror. She's kind of like, you know, she's in that moment where she's listening to herself and trying to figure out, do I like this on me? Do I not? And I ask her those questions. I say, what do you like about it? What don't you like about the dress? You know, and sometimes you can just see it right on their face. Like mm -hmm. they feel confident their eyes light up a little bit they kind of their breath gets taken away from them sometimes you know like they're like they have that moment where they actually like picture themselves getting married in that dress and it's kind of all over their face you know and that's when i know okay i'm gonna fight for this dress for the bride when we go out to the family if i've got a difficult family but a lot of the management really comes where like for me i would just coach the bride and i'd kind of try to empower her to trust herself you know like hey if you don't like this and everyone else does they don't have to wear it and they're not going to be thinking about it once you're done once the wedding is over they're not going to be like oh, i'm so glad she wore the dress i picked and even if you <laughs> think that who cares you know yes so um yes. so you kind of just have to you you have to be the bride's advocate and so it's so important for the consultant to like, you know, build that relationship when they're having those moments without the crowd, because all those other ears are obviously, you know, going to be a, a louder gong once they get out into that, you know, that showing stage where they're, you know, showing the dress off. So. Oh, good points. I feel empowered. <laughs> it's it's really important to just let the bride know that this appointment's for her. Absolutely. We are talking, no shit Sherlock, she says, about wedding dresses. This is the Bride Chiller podcast. My guests are Taylor and Danielle from The Wedding Shop. And there will be more empowering, but very helpful, not but, empowering and helpful uh, comments, thoughts and feelings about wedding dress shopping after this very short break. Taylor and Danielle, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining me and talking wedding dresses, a topic that I don't really broach very often, ironically, on a wedding planning podcast. You have both worked uh, on the floor selling dresses. Do people come in? We've all watched the TV shows. I'm a TV producer in my day job, and it's always funny watching things like Say Yes to the Dress and Four Weddings and all these shows and thinking, oh, shit – you know, what? how much work do the TV producers have in this? And I sort of know how it rolls a little bit. How do you find people's budgets and how cray-cray they sometimes go when they find a dress they like and then they realize it's $4,000 over their budget or something crazy? Do you, where do you stand? Because I know that you're running a business and you've got to make some money, but are there moments where you go, oh my God, don't buy this dress. It's going to bankrupt you. How do you find that balance? Yeah, I mean, um, we definitely aren't selling gowns, say yes to the dress price range. <laughs> yeah, like 15000 No, But we've definitely had those moments where a bride falls in love with something that's completely out of her price point. And as consultants, they should be trained to not be pulling those dresses. We really want to accommodate their price range and yeah. not bankrupt them by any <laughs> means. And so 
So a lot of times it ends up being more of the bride's choice to try it on. Um, consultants will kind of discourage it, just be like, just so you know, this is $2,000 over what you had asked for. And a lot of times the bride's like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll try it anyways. And of course they fall in love. Um, so it's definitely something I know at least we try to discourage. Um, yeah. But it happens, and it's really a personal choice for the bride and whoever's paying for it. Yeah, and I, you know, so like we tell, we set, we try to set the expectation going in. These are the dresses in your price range. That's what we pull. We typically don't have the the actual bride pulling her own dresses, mm -hmm. which which will keep um, kind of I don't know, like keep a lid on that issue, so to speak. Uh, but if the bride sees a dress in the window and she's like, oh my gosh, or I. Or I see she sees it on Pinterest and we have it in our store, something similar. We say, okay, here's the thing. You can try the dress on. You can absolutely try it on. It is this far above your budget. If you fall in love with it, we can't, we can or can't show you anything similar to it. Most times we cannot. And here's the thing. If you, what's a good example? So if you try on a shoe at, you know, a discount store and, um, you know, you're like, this is a fine shoe. It fits me. It's it's fine. But you find a shoe that's just a little bit cuter, but it costs twice as much. And it's a it's a different material and it's, you know, made by hand or, you know, whatever. You're going to feel and experience and walk in the shoe and it's going to have this totally different. It's like your eyes are opening to a whole new world. Mm -hmm. And when you get that next kind of level that $2,000 more than what you've been looking at, you're going to feel the difference in the lace or whatever material you're trying on. And then it'll be, it'll be hard to go back. Yeah. And so at the, at the end of the day, there will be brides that say, I will make space in my budget for this extra expensive dress. And there will be brides who say, that's not as important <laughs> as sticking to my budget. And to the bride that will not prioritize paying the extra two grand for her dress, it's better to not try it on, yeah, in my opinion. Because then you'll know with every other dress you try on, it's kind of what you're going to be comparing everything to. Yeah, I mean, look, I love the idea of wearing uh, a Celine dress or going into Hermes, because I'm posh, not saying Hermes. <laughs> but... I've, I know that my credit card limit wouldn't even get me in the door to those places. So I don't go in there and try them on because I can't afford them. So I think that, you know, it's common sense, I suppose, to say exactly what y your point was, to go, don't, don't do that if you know that you have no self-control and uh, this is where it's going to get you in trouble because you don't want to wake up the day after your wedding going, shit, I spent a bunch of extra money on something that I wore for eight to ten hours and now I feel deeply regretful. I looked fabulous, but I can't afford to pay the rent. That would be silly. <laughs> yeah. Not worth it. <laughs> there are plenty of beautiful dresses out there that they just don't cost as much. And, and I think that's, you know, that's part of, um, that's part of what we do at the wedding shop is, you know, we find these beautiful dresses at really reasonable prices and you'd be amazed at how many dresses you can find that are in that, you know, under $2,000 price point that um, are gorgeous and they're comfortable and, you know, 
um, that work, you know, in a lot of a lot of brides. Budgets. And they're so similar to like the actual, like the high end version of it or something. Like yeah. if you watch the yesterday, or if we watch the yesterday dress, I should say, we'll see these twelve thousand dollar dresses. Like oh, we have one in store, so similar. That's only fifteen hundred. But it's not made out of real diamonds. Yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to wear the real diamonds on the day. It's not um, necessary. And also, I think. I talk a lot about the wonder, wonders of recycling and upcycling and sharing the wealth with other women and men, you know, who are, you know, wanting to wear a beautiful dress. So I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of excellent charities that, you know, are selling, reselling wedding dresses and also 50 million fabulous websites where you can upsell your dress to another bride that maybe will get just as much joy of out of it as you do so i suppose you can work that into the budget if you are willing to let go of the dress which i highly recommend if you have no need for it in the future pass it on to someone else make a bit of money back yeah i know i i i, I recently was um married in september so that's like what seven months ago and Congrats. Uh, I, I thank you <laughs> i haven't got, i have my dress still and i had no intentions of keeping it but I still have that little sentimental, I can't get rid of it just yet. But I know that one day I, I, I don't have intentions of holding on to it for my kids. It's <laughs> <I was just laughs> not my game plan. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so like it just, yeah, it, recycling is always a good, is a good idea. Uh, that noise I just made that, uh, I know it's so bitchy, unsentimental of me, but I think I've had actually a few listeners write in and go, oh, look, I have my mother's wedding dress reworked or we used a bit of it to make a skirt or whatever. And I'm like, that is amazing. That is so great that you have that to cherish. But very rarely do I get people when I ask the question, go, I wore the exact dress and didn't make any changes and I'm proud of it. It's like, listen, it's probably things change. Fashion, like you were, you've been in business for over 40 years. It's like, think I'm sure the dresses that the wedding shop was selling 40 years ago, not necessarily what everyone wants to wear today. Not always. No, no. Right. And let's not let's not touch on the 80s fashion for wedding dresses. Yeah. Like you know, just all kinds of bedazzling and kind of itchy fabric and hats. yeah, all the hats, the hat veils. Yeah. Oh, a hat veil and look a bit of as you said, itchy fabric and the fabric that if you sweat in, it smells instantly of bo. You just don't yeah. want that. No. <laughs> Anything plasticky, not great. <laughs> what are you thinking? Tell me. I, I, I mean, I don't really focus very much on trends. Obviously, I don't really talk about dresses very often. But one thing I love seeing is. Um, brides taking their own personal style and adding it and you know like I made a big deal about my dress with pockets and in the end I went for a very very different dress from what I chose originally but I loved the original dress with the pockets and I love the idea of adding a belt and I became obsessed with putting a cardigan on you know I, I wanted to add accessories are you seeing brides coming in with this little bit of extra flair and wanting to add their own pop of stuff to it yeah, I feel like we're starting to see that a little bit less. Um, a few years ago, just like the really simple blank slate dresses were so popular, and there's we still see a ton of them. They're stunning, just sleek gowns. Um, but yeah, brides were adding in the belts and all of the accessories and the headpieces and all of that just to kind of create their own look. I know there's I'm seeing personally two different styles of kind of like the organic boho with the very minimal accessories added to them. 
and then I'm seeing kind of this like very sparkly, glamorous route taking mm -hmm. place again. Yeah, you've kind of got like, oh, what's that? Like Jackie O almost like very sleek, kind of um, satin with beading mm -hmm. on it in like specific places, not all over, um, which is like kind of black tie looking. And then you've got, or your crepe dresses, and then you've got the boho, which is kind of more of that like lace detail, or the backs have the interesting straps, or just really, really low, yeah. <laughs> um, and more of that like sheet style. So it's a little bit more relaxed and comfortable. But yeah, and you know, so for for brides like that, the head pieces have become more popular. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was definitely belts and. Oh, yeah. You know, before that, like with Sex in the City, everyone was, I'll bring my shoes to the appointment because I bought them before the dress. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the trends, they always come and go. I mean, I'm a big advocate. I mean, look, I know Mad Men finished a few years ago, but it, watching that show always makes me feel very warm and fuzzy for any sort of headgear and how, <laughs> you know, and you mentioned the sort of 80s. What did you say? The 80s? Hat veil. Oh my God, got to get me a hat veil. But I love the idea. You know, I think you you can add a bit of pizzazz by going to a milliner and getting some some gorgeous accessory to chuck on your head, which I really, i not explained that in a very glamorous way, but I think there's so much inspiration to adding those sort of details, um, you know, especially if you have shorter hair as well. Go sassy, go bold. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's becoming less and less popular to uh to do a veil as much as people are doing headpieces or flower crowns or like leaves or they'll do the baby's breath and just a little bit of detail and some braided um hairstyle that's becoming a lot more popular now look there's so much advice and i know that you would be giving advice in person but what is your key piece of advice especially for brides potentially heading out in this coming weekend to uh, attend their first or 21st visit to a wedding bridal salon. What's the key piece of information that we can take away and save their sanity and make sure that they're doing what's good for them? One piece for, that I would want to say to brides is when you find the dress you like, it's time to stop looking. Oh, yes. So, you know, I've had brides where the first dress they try on is the one. Um, but they, you know, they question it and that's totally reasonable. So we'll have a full appointment and I'll show them many dresses and then we'll go back to the favorites and it's like, yeah, the first one was actually it crazy enough. Um, you know, but then there are times when the bride has been to several appointments and she's beautiful and everything looks good on her. So it's hard for her to just pick one of the beautiful dresses that she's trying on. And, and to that part, I would say, you know, you can just put so much pressure on having the perfect dress. And it's, it shouldn't be the hardest decision that you make in your, in your wedding planning process. I mean, this is a, the dress you get to wear. And yes, it's showing up in your pictures. But if you feel good in it and you can picture yourself getting married in it, I, that, then that's the dress that you should wear. You know, and then stop looking because there will always be more beautiful dresses. And um, and that can get a little bit daunting once you let yourself kind of go down that rabbit hole for too long. Yeah, and stop. I mean, there's more things in life to do than just, as you said, if you find something great, buy it. Move on yeah. with your life. Yeah, you could be looking for months, honestly. You could try on 
every gown in the world and probably, I don't know. Yeah, like Taylor said, there's always going to be something prettier, but. And I think shows like say yes to the dress, they can, um, they can really mess with your head. Like, oh, why am I not crying? This must not be it. Mm -hmm. It's not Boy. the experience for everyone. Did you cry? No. Do you want to know what I did? I was like, I feel really good in this dress. Should I just get it? That's literally what I said. <laughs> Should I just get it? My my mother-in-law was like, that's it? <laughs> I was like, yeah. But I mean, this is, yeah. This is what, what I meant about saying working in TV and knowing the ins and outs of what goes on behind the scenes and casting and finding people. And we, we continuously we watch all these shows and we think this is, you know, they call them reality and I'm using air quotes that no one can see. But <laughs> yeah. they're highly produced, highly edited to make us, you know, to to poke the bear of emotions. And I think that those shows actually make us feel inadequate when we go to a store to try on a dress and not cry. Um, I didn't cry. I was just like, oh, thank fuck, I've got the dress. I can move on with my life. Yeah. But, you know, and then thought about the 84 other thousand things we had to do to plan the wedding. So I love that some people go in there and have their magic moment and sob and do whatever they do. But it's like you shouldn't feel bad if you didn't have that moment. You're just a normal human being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's more of a norm than I would say crying. Yeah. Yeah, don't pretend to cry either. That's weird. No, don't, for <laughs> don't force it. <laughs> and probably your aunt is over there in the corner already crying for you. So. <laughs> Let everyone else cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Taylor and Danielle, this has been a real delight. Appreciate your open-mindedness open -mindedness to my uh, opinions on wedding dresses. I know that you guys run a very professional business and I appreciate your good sense of humour with uh, my attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. We love it. My pleasure. Uh, if people would like to learn more about the wedding shop, uh, where would they go? I think I know the answer, but I want you to say it. <laughs> Um, so our website is WeddingShopInc.com and shop is spelled S-H-O-P-P-E. Oldie style. I like it. Yeah, old fashioned. Oldie, oldie fashion. And people can come, you can come and have the genuine uh, full on experience. And you guys aren't doing the on the floor thing anymore, are you? We've got other wonderful people helping out. Yeah, we the two of us are no longer working um, on the floor in the bridal department, but we have a ton of retail staff that's absolutely wonderful and perfect at finding those dream dresses so. yep and our store is in st paul minnesota yeah. so so if you're in the area pop in and uh try a bunch of dresses on but don't go crazy just find the one move on <laughs> find the one you like bring the people you like done yes leave <laughs> the jerks at home because they're not letting the, the wedding shop now they're putting that sign up they're like forget it they're not coming in no jerks allowed. <laughs> We've come up with a lot of new, I don't know, I mean, look, you guys, you're, you're in the business, you guys, I just want to see this being out on social media. No jerks allowed. Just buy the one and move on. I think there's a very catchy, catchy phrase. <laughs> That'll be our tagline. <laughs> yeah. I'll create some posts for us for when we, this episode's going out and uh, I think it's going to be a big success. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. 
Thank you both so much. And Danielle, I'll be speaking with you again soon. We're going to be talking etiquette. And uh, also, I really want to talk, I know, Danielle, you, you have a lot to do with Kennedy Blue, who, uh, you know, is your bridal bridesmaid arm of the business. And I think there's a lot to be talked about when it comes to bridesmaids attire. But that is for next time. So I look forward to chatting with you then. And Taylor, you should pop in as well. Absolutely, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, you're a duo. I love it. Uh, until next time, all of my bride chillers, and I will say, bride chillers, before I wind it up, if you have a wedding dress crisis, if you need advice, this is the time to leave me a voice message and I can play it back to Taylor and Danielle and they can come up with a bit of a solution using all their on-the-floor business experience that uh, maybe I can't help you with, or at least I can give you an opinion, but they can give you a proper opinion. So leave me a voice message. Visit thebridechiller.com. Follow the prompts. Follow the prompts. I've never said that in my life. Follow the things to find how to leave a voice message. Very professional. And uh, we'll be able to help you next time we chat. Does that sound good? It sounds great. That sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. All right, until next week, my friends, thank you for everyone for subscribing and supporting the show. And I bid you all happy days. Happy days, ladies. Happy days. Happy days. <laughs> the Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.